2: Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz.
3: Back with you. Great to be in on a... What are we at? Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, back from Indy, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, var Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's a blur, man. We've got a coffee IV, had a bit of an adventure in Charlotte, and do not, do not do the uh, airport version of the cold case chicken salad sandwich. And then go go on a two hour and fifteen minute plane ride. Oh, I can only imagine. Uh huh. <laughs> it was no bueno, uh, but we made it. We landed. I got through. What was the uh, the HBO series with uh, with John C. Riley as Doctor. Buss? The Lakers. Showtime.
0: Oh, oh 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 oh. Winning
3: Time. Showtime. Something. One of those two. W- one of the w- two. W- winning Time. The Showtime Lakers. Something like that. Something. Anywho, I, the, the four episodes uh, that, that were complimentary were were, were dynamite. <laughs> Pretty good. There's my review of Big Ten Media Days. Awesome plane ride to and from, except see, for the uh, the Charlotte uh, shenanigans. Wait, when you said John Candy, I thought you were going to go with... John C. Riley.
0: Ah, see, I heard John Candy, and I thought you were going to Did you're I say go,
3: John Candy? I don't think you did, but no, no, maybe
0: yeah. I just heard it because I was thinking planes, trains, and automobiles. Like that, <laughs> those that, aren't, that pi- those <laughs> aren't
3: pillows. That, that <laughs> was your way home, though.
0: Planes, trains, and automobiles Just any way home.
3: Yes. Got home late. Uh, The German Shepherd greeted me. Uh, Turn and burn, and we're ready to rock. Um, Today on the show, we'll spend time with Brandon Vogel, who himself had travel delays because it's just uh, what we do. Uh, We'll have Danny Burke in hour two. We will dive into the Big Ten West. Seven and a half win totals and three schools right there uh, at seven and a half with Wisconsin, with Iowa uh with uh with Minnesota with Nebraska I I said 3 there's 4 I'm not quite sure the win total for Iowa but uh there's 3 to to discuss we'll do so with Danny Burke and then coach Gary Barnett will join us to kick off our two you're welcome to dive in 466-3776 466-3776 800-825 Five eight six five. Those are the numbers to get in, and can find and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore Radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal, and uh, we invite you to check out the Hale Varsity uh, Twitter, H- the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle. Yes. yes, it's it's new. It's in, uh, it's it's uh, just. Uh, been born and uh, we invite you to give it a follow obviously always follow hail varsity and espn lincoln give us a follow as well at schmidt underscore radio at herbal essence but uh, check out the hail varsity radio uh, twitter handle that is, stuff will be posted on that account as well
0: yeah that is at h varsity radio that's where you'll be getting the daily show lineups from here on out as well as uh i believe the soundclouds Uh, And our little two-minute drill stuff will be posted up on the HVarsity, at HVarsity Radio on Twitter, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter page. is where you can uh, stay all up to date with this show now. Uh,
3: I pray that our our friends at the Hale Varsity parent account with all billion followers will uh, continue to spread the good word. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's necessary. Uh, So we will spend some time uh, with Sean Becton, tight ends, and uh, the position group um, review from him. Coach Frost uh, on Husker Twitter, a quick recap of the first two days of practice. Post-practice tomorrow, though, that'll be good with Coach Janander and a handful of players. It gets real, and it gets real, real quick for Nebraska as uh, the, the countdown now under 30 days for Nebraska football, right at 29 for the Big Red. You've got a couple of different, Watch lists. One for Trey Palmer, the Horning Award, versi- versatility. Once upon a time, I got to interview Paul Horning before he went completely uh, unfiltered, is the way we will term it. That's years ago, uh, Nebraska and in Media Days. Yeah, Media Days yesterday. I mean, it was all about Ohio State and Ryan Day's ringing comment at the podium. Eleven and two is a nice season. The Rose Bowl wins a nice season for most programs, but not at Ohio State. That's their expectation, their bar. They're expecting to be in the college football playoff every year or bust. We can get into a, a little bit about what's the the right number for playoff expansion because that's going to happen. And as Joel Clatpound pointed out to us earlier this week that uh, you are just going to really start looking at uh, the right fits for expansion because you are not going to see the SEC and Big Ten stand pat. They're going to they're going to let the food digest now, and then they'll go back for seconds here. Uh, eventually, here before twenty twenty five. I am just wondering how sooner rather than later, sooner is going to be for Nebraska and the rest of the Big Ten to to find out their payday with this new TV deal. That's that's on my mind because that in tune can help what you're doing uh, with facilities and then however else you want to go about your, your your recruiting arsenal. Because we're going to get to the day and age where uh, kids will be able to transfer. Uh, more often than not, they already have the one-year free pass. The NCAA is looking at, at every year being a free pass. Don't know that that's a great idea, but you have uh you have so much money and you got to have ideas with what to do with it that's buying out coaches that's paying for coaches that's beefing up your staff like sabin company has where it's somebody's always waiting to take a spot if a coordinator or when a coordinator's hired away i mean just beef up your staff and in, in your your college football program is going to be an NFL front office recruiting. It's going to be scouting. It's going to be analysts. I mean, it's going to be massive. Just have a, a big old payroll of, of the best of the best. Find the brightest and compensate them accordingly, and then just make this thing a well a minor league franchise for the NFL. I mean, that's that's the direction.
0: I mean, and it's more money than just like front office. We're talking. Uh, creative people, we're talking videographers, we're talking the, the in-house radio network, the amount of money they can throw at this to make it, uh, as you say, like a a minor league club for the NFL is uh, that's that's the future. And uh, I think you, you actually did a great job sitting down with Joel Klatt talking the the future of college football just a couple days ago. If anyone missed that, check it out. Uh, the Hale Varsity YouTube page or ESPN Lincoln's Twitter or Facebook, you can check out that interview schmidt did. Uh, it, it was awesome stuff if you missed the show two days ago. Uh, but uh, one of the things you mentioned is the fact that uh, it's it's still a little up in the air when we're gonna get word of what this TV deal actually looks like. And Scott Docterman had a great article in the Athletic yesterday. If you listen to yesterday's show, I briefly hit on this for a minute or two at the end of uh, yesterday's show. Uh, but it, it sounds like the date they have circled in terms of uh, when they want to have this announced and released by is Labor Day and that's uh, something Kevin Warren also echoed, and maybe the last sticking point in this is who, who that, that other media partner is going to be that teams up with Fox uh, to give them maybe a streaming side of things. Maybe they get the Friday night game. But that seems to be the last piece of the puzzle that needs to fall together before this deal is ready to go, ready to be announced to the public.
3: We'll get some perspective from Coach Barnett on what is the, the new reality with the Pac-12. I mean, it's not a It's not a different storyline that that conference is very threatened. It's endangered right now. But what do you believe now? I mean, Dennis Dodd a couple of days ago put out the Silicon Valley two, and that's Cal and Stanford. Then you have Washington and Oregon. Uh, Are those four that make their way to the Big Ten? Are you looking at Florida State? And you're going to have a decision to make with what value is. Is value going to be eyeballs strictly part of it? Yes, absolutely. Because we talked about why Nebraska played Ohio straight six consecutive years when it's an air quote rotating schedule. It's because a lot of people watch that ball game and a few of the games were competitive. Many were not, but it was still two monster brands that tier one rights wanted I mean that—that that was your night game national TV audience about every time. Yeah, of those six, aside from seventeen, of, of those six, <laughs> I believe
0: what you had three of them were big noon kickoffs. One of them was an ABC primetime with College Game Day in town. Like mm-hmm. that—that's been a money. That,
3: that was that was that was in Lincoln in 2019. When you go all the way back to uh, to Nebraska and Ohio State that second year Nebraska is in the league mm-hmm. where you're trading scores and then Braxton Miller goes off with the quarterback run game and it turns into sixty two thirty eight or something like that. And that's but but it was competitive and, and tight for a while. I mean Nebraska actually led in that game twenty one seventeen and then it got real ugly.
0: And the only one I can think of I think was twenty seventeen was it was a night game but it was on BTN and Nebraska got beat by like fifty. yeah like
3: Nebraska that, That's the that's the only that was that one, was the though. that was that was the the term deer in headlights visualized where it it the way the, the the nebraska team in 17 came out of the tunnel you're almost waiting for some guys to turn around except the gate was locked <laughs> okay he <laughs> didn't want no part of that and old joe burrow got to score a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter and god what haskins i think went it was it was brutal. It was like, it was against the Diaco defense where there was no pass rush, and one of the twins got booted, I for, believe, for going off on the uh, <laughs> coming up from behind, and you know, a game later suspended for Coldcock in the Ohio State center who decided to climb up to the middle linebacker.
0: I believe the loudest cheer of that game after the tunnel walk was when Ohio state had one punt in the fourth quarter.
3: They they finally punted. And then Spielman, I think went for 200 yards that game, but it was totally garbage. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's a, there's a walk down memory lane. So tight ends on our mind. And uh, Sean Becton was with the network last night. And, you know, where are things at for the big red at the tight end spot? Uh, Austin Allen, Jack Stoll both off to the NFL. Travis Vokalek is uh, the new leader. He was great at media days uh, just with his confidence and also being an elder statesman in that room. And and Elijah Vokalek's a talent and a transfer you got from Rutgers that he just needs more of an opportunity. And I know I'm not saying he's battled a lot of injury, but he had to get right last year. Nebraska has a room of tight ends that can be matchup issues that can be difference makers and vocal more your traditional tight end body type wise where he can go end line, but he's also a dude. I'd love to see him flex out in the slot Gronk style. It's not that they haven't before, but let's go see in the red zone with Whipple. Let's throw some jump balls. There should have been more jump balls to Austin Allen, for Mm -hmm. the love of God, at 6'11", or whatever he is, 6'9". There wasn't. There wasn't a ton against most competition last year, but he went off, uh, Allen did, against Minnesota. Had a great game. Uh, They kind of cinched up that first-team All-Big Ten performance. Had a great jump ball against Wisconsin really did well. And and Nebraska has already had that in the offense. Nebraska's had that in their offense forever. If you just think of some of the tight ends that make you smile off that fake option, a Harry and a Johnny Mitchell, just two that come to mind. Uh, Gerald Armstrong has like 12 career catches, 10 for touchdowns if you go back in Husker lore. Travis Volkolek is in that same ilk of phenomenal athletes that can beat the hell out of you, be physical in the run game, but then enough speed and ability to make a defense really figure out what they want to do. Is it linebacker or safety coverage? And how's that going to work out for you on third and eight? Think of what some of the teams did to Nebraska with their tight ends. And I know Ferguson of of Wisconsin uh, made some plays. I always think of Minnesota tight ends. Mm-hmm. Uh God, what's his last name? Uh Max something or other for for uh for, for Minnesota. This was during the kill years. But he, but he always seemed to 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 break some Nebraska hearts and get open. Uh the one guy you gotta cover back in the day during the Jerry Kill era. And and teams would you and then look at look at what Butts did not Butts but um Jake Butts Jake Butt for Michigan, but Michigan's tight end last year. He was he was just at media days. His name's escaping me. Forgive me. But the point is, is there was three third downs in that second half against Michigan where they delayed the tight end out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And big plays. The delayed tight end release. He's in the block and then he's released and bang, he gets open. And it, it was just well done by Michigan. So... Tight ends are a huge part. Iowa, of course, puts them all in the NFL. But Vokalek could be the next big one uh, out of Springfield, Missouri, from Nebraska. And
0: if there's any position, though, where I worry about one injury could derail a position group, it's the tight end position. Because of what you mentioned, Vokalek does both things well in terms of running routes, catching passes, and his in-line blocking. There's not, at least from what I've seen, another guy in that tight end room that can do both things uh, equally well. Uh, uh, You had Chris Hickman, who's been... Dinged. All right, as a is a, uh, a pass catcher, but he's been dinged. You have not really see what he can do. Run blocking, uh, Fedoni's been dinged as well. You have uh, Brewington, who did great. He's coming, great as a blocker. Did great coming in motion, putting his body on the line in, in order to, to kick dudes out of there. But I'm not sure we've really seen him do any inline blocking, blowing a guy off the ball right in front of him, or his pass catching aside from going out in the flat on the goal line. Um, we haven't really seen much behind Vokalek in terms of guys that can do both things well. So I do worry. If, God forbid, Travis Vogelick were to go down, I worry about what would become of the, the tight end room. But you do have a lot of younger talent there that, that wants to show what they
3: have. Well, and, and we'll talk to Vogel about this, but I think one of the position groups you've seen developed at a high level has been the tight end room because of Coach Becton. And Rollins and Carney are young, but you just haven't seen him. I think Becton's the one position group that can get them ready early.
4: Hey, Storm Chasers fans. A six-game homestand against St. Paul is upcoming, and it all begins on August 2nd. That night is free on the green, which means free berm tickets if you show your FNBO card. The following night is library night and more whispering because you can't talk loud in the library which is why I avoid libraries dollar beer night is August 4th and that's also military appreciation night two of my favorite things you'll see patriotic jerseys and a whole lot of Budweiser nothing more American than that the weekend slate includes fireworks on Friday night camo jerseys with an in-game jersey auction on Saturday and a family fun day on Sunday which includes bark in the park canned food for tickets and kids running the bases after the game. Get your tickets now before it's too late.
2: We'll see you soon. And we're back. Fellas, did we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
3: Yes! That's awesome! Back into it, it's Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Jack Ebling, our dear friend who covers Michigan State statewide, and uh, him and I are making plans to be an Indy, to have uh, the shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's again this year. This year in Indy, the first weekend of December. Brandon Vogel will be there for that. Vogues, I got to ask you, did you do a dear Lord, what just hit me, jump back the minute you had St. Elmo's cocktail sauce? That is the hottest most blazing moment of, but you can't say no to more. Uh, it, it absolutely <laughs> just punched you with the horse, uh, horsey sauce, and whatever spices are in that thing. We'll get to football in a minute, but I, I it like it, it, it almost paralyzed me momentarily. Like you, you just, it, it wow, it, it hammered you. Did you uh, have the same reaction, or you just more manly?
5: No, I'm not. I'm not uh more manly. It's uh <clears throat> it is it is horseradish forward, uh as I <laughs> as I would put it, as I would put it, which you know, I I'm I'm for. Like I I enjoyed it. I can kinda take or leave shrimp cocktail in general. And at least this one has a has a mission statement, a very clear mission statement. <laughs> It was the first time I've had it and honestly I'm a little bit surprised that it is as popular as it is because it's very much a, either you're with this or you're not with this. It's it's not a middle ground of like, oh, that was pretty good. It was either this is for you or this is not for you. I'm glad I tried it. Um, I'm not probably going out of my way to, to have it again, but I thought it was good, like so, it's
3: it's that kind of dish. It is, and at 1495 you're going to finish your four shrimp. <laughs> That's
0: right. Yeah.
3: But they were big ass shrimp, I'll say that. So they they were they were big. But I I had to ask for more lemon. I mean, they about threw me out of there. I didn't want to drink beer in a glass <laughs> and then I asked for another lemon. <laughs> <laughs> but I was wearing sleeves. Uh-huh. All that could go through my head was uh, Major League and Ricky Vaughn sitting at the French restaurant with Jake Taylor. It's like I look like a banker in this. He's, he doesn't have <laughs> sleeves on. It's leather. He's got the tie on. <laughs> but hey, uh, we'll uh, we'll get to Indy here. What Junior think of Media Days? I know he's he's in his own way giving his commentary right now
5: yeah he he is he's also uh eating eating dinner at the moment but i think his his big takeaway from everything he saw i mean obviously he reads everything that i write watches all the youtube videos um i think his takeaway was 12 and out so he, he saw a lot to like from from nebraska's appearance there i i might be slightly lower than that um just you know, I've, I've done this for longer than than he has. Mm-hmm. So, but he, he he was buying, he was buying everything Nebraska was selling.
0: Now, did, did he have any input on on the outfit you chose for Big Ten Media Days? I loved the blue suit. You you, I mean, honestly, in my book, had a strong argument for best dressed among the sports media. Uh, was that all you? <laughs> was there any insight there from the little guy? What was going on? It,
5: it, it, this is this is one hundred percent serious. He he chose the tie. I, I, I laid out three ties for him, and I was like, "Point to one," and uh, he chose that. Uh, the, the jacket was was non negotiable uh, on off my end, so
3: he, he can't
5: take credit for that yet. But I, I appreciate the kind words. He did he did have a contribution.
3: Point at one, son. Point at one. Uh, Brandon Vogel's with us from Hailvarsity.com and Magazine, managing editor at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter, uh, writing Shotgun with Vogels as junior. Uh, tight ends. We're talking about Vogelec. He was represented. He is uh, all you want in a tight end for Nebraska. You just want to see health be uh, continued for him. But also... The opportunity now uh, to to step up and be the man, and Vogues a, a thought with what's behind him, unknown. But let's go to the position coach and Coach Beckton. He's developed really well, uh, I, I think so. And if you, you need a second tight end, be it Brewington, who's murdered people on the goal line, or Carney, or or Rollins. You know, I think that's one position group. I'd be okay with younger guys getting time because their position coach and, uh, of course, uh, is has shown well as well. I can't forget about him. He's done well. Listen, I think Nebraska could really have uh, some surprise names at the end of this season in the tight end room, uh, aside from Vokalek.
5: Yeah, I, I think so as well. There's, there's a ton of unknowns with, with Nebraska, and there's a, a ton of unknowns where you, you kind of look at it and say, okay, I can see it. You hope for the best, but you haven't seen it personally. With, with Beston, I think we have seen it personally. Like, you know, both on the recruiting trail and also with the play of the tight ends, like there's, there's some proven, proven results there with him. So, you've got, you know, you've got like that other tight end spot, which I expect Nebraska to use pretty frequently. Um, I mean, they used it pretty frequently last year. And this offense, whatever it ends up looking like with, mm-hmm. with Mark Whipple, probably lends itself even more to two, two tight ends. So, who, who fills that role? You've got a number of candidates, um, you know, it, it struck me in, in talking to, to Travis Vokalek, you know, he, he kind of talked about how he didn't have a ton of scholarship offers coming out of, of high school, and he was basically like a wide receiver. So it, it, it was interesting to me because we think of him as a blocking tight end at this point. Um, but that's not where he came from. Like, whatever you think about him as a blocking tight end is basically stuff he learned to do. And he he said, he's like, you know, I'd love to catch some balls, too. And last year, I think Pitt's top tight end had 38 catches, which was the same as Austin Allen. And their fifth leading receiver was another tight end, who was, I think, at 27, 28, somewhere in there. So there's going to be opportunities for, for that position group, I think, with this type of offense, it lends itself well to that. And 38 catches for a tight end when Austin Allen did that last year, that's way over where Nebraska has been in the past. So I think tight end will be a pretty big part of this offense. And with Travis Bocolet coming back, I think you can feel pretty good about it when you also add in just what Sean Beckton has done with that position.
0: Yeah, and, and Brendan, I don't have the, the stats in front of me, uh, but I, I believe that while those Titans were fourth and fifth in terms of catches, I believe they were second and third in terms of yards per catch, only behind uh, Addison. I, I might have my numbers slightly off there, but I believe that was what I uh, I, I saw whenever I looked this up about a month ago. Um, and so, obviously, the the... the the Mark Whipple offense has, at least in the past, had an effect on finding tight ends that can gash a defense, maybe up the yards per catch a little bit. But with the the question mark surrounding the offensive line, do you think that the tight end position is going to be even that much more important in terms of blocking here in the 2022 season? Because they, 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 they might need to give some support to the offensive line to open up some holes.
5: Yeah, it, it probably is. I think you hope that it is it it isn't that big of a factor because it would mean that hey, you know, you got a new new offensive line coach there. Um you you've got some returning experience. Um some returning experience, you know, thinking mostly about Corcoran and Ben Hart that had a pretty rough twenty twenty one, uh, when you when you look back at it. Um, so if, if we don't have to think about the tight end as one of the best blockers on Nebraska's offensive line, that's, that's probably pretty good. Um, and if, if you do, well, that, that's also pretty fair as well, but you're right about, about Pitt. The, the, those tight ends might've been fourth and fifth in terms of catches, but they were both over, I think, 350 yards. Which, you know, and, and, and we'll see. That's kind of one of the big questions of the offseason is, like, how pass-heavy is this Nebraska offense going to be? Because you've got to be pretty pass-heavy to, to get two tight ends over 350 yards.
3: Vogues, do you envision the tight end role getting the third and eight conversion? Or do you envision the tight end role how we grew up? It was about uh, quantity, not quality, where Johnny Mitchell would be streaking off of play action down the middle of the field for a 40-yard gain. I think all the, the long uh, catches Austin Allen had at Nebraska, especially last year, I mean, he he really got a bang for his buck on yards per reception. What do you envision with the Whipple offense? Is it death by a thousand paper cuts or the, oh God, here's play action, the guy's wide open for six?
5: Yeah, I I think ideally you you hope for that kind of classic, you know, Nebraska option approach where a a tight end might have, might have 20 catches on the year, but eight of them are touchdowns. Um, Like that's kind of what that position lends itself to in a, in a classic football sense with Whipple, particularly in this, this season ahead, I think it might be more, more likely that you're looking at the, the paper cuts approach. And that, I, I think that's okay. That, that can work, too. I mean, you look at Nebraska's group of pass catchers, like they've got a, a handful of transfers in that group that you, can, you have a reason to feel pretty good about. Um, you've got some of the new additions who have a chance to, to make their case and contribute right away. But as far as knowns, uh, it's, it's kind of vocal-like. Uh, he, he's, you know, even though he didn't get a ton of catches so far in his Nebraska career, he's played a ton. And you look at it and you're like, well, that's a that's guy, like, you feel like you know what you're going to get from. And I think Nebraska would do well to, to lean on that, even if it means, you know, he, he, it's not that – idealized form but so much of this depends on like how much how good is this offense going to be and i don't i don't know that i know right now um that and that's okay that's kind of where we should be and i think nebraska's coaching staff is going to take some pains to keep it that way
0: Brandon, last thought here about ten seconds. News today that Dakolus Crawford has signed an NIL deal with a local HVAC company. They're not paying me, so I'm not gonna give them any free advertising. But that's what NIL was made for, right? Opportunities like that.
5: Yep. If you can't, if you can't sign a, a Dakolus to that deal, what are we even doing here? <laughs> love every, love every bit of that.
3: Brandon Vogel, follow him on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. Read him. Great stuff from Media Days and also the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Voges will talk Saturday, bud.
5: All
4: right. Thanks. my When you think of Union Omaha, what comes to mind? The high level of play, the inviting atmosphere, the amazing promotions, huh? I spoke to a former player, and when I asked for one thing that made playing for Union Omaha so special, he responded with the people, his teammates, the staff, and the fans. The super passionate, crazy, awesome fans, that is. Why am I bringing this up? Because I want to remind you that the people are just as important to the team as the team is to them. There are plenty of matches down the stretch, and we want to see you in the seats. Get your tickets now before it's too late
2: chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com just try me try
3: me back to hail varsity radio 25 minutes away gary barnett will join us thoughts on nebraska northwestern we say hi to Artez. he can join us as you are also welcome to do so on the hotline four six six three seven seven six Artez almost here, buddy. The season's around the corner. How are we doing?
6: Yes, sir. How are you doing, Christopher?
3: We are good. We're back from Indy, man.
6: I got a question. I love the conversation about the tight ends. Now you know Jamie Williams made eleven made a living twelve years just blocking in the NFL. Oh yeah, with uh, long,
3: with the Niners. Block tight nothing, yes. nothing at all. And, <laughs> and Jamie was Spider Man with the with the Oilers. Remember that, right. of course. Uh, yeah.
6: Well, I remember that six foot five frame with a Spider-Man outfit on. I will never forget that.
3: <laughs> oh, hold on. Was there a costume party or what?
6: No, he just. He, you know, James was a little different. Yeah, yeah. He came J- into yeah. Uh, he came into one of the practices with a Spider-Man.
3: <laughs>
6: it, was, it was it was hilarious.
3: Well, he was uh, as good five, as you,
6: 240, Yeah, that's he, crazy. He was as good as it gets, a question, man. I got a question for you. I mean, I noticed Roger got disappointed again yesterday for the Hall of Fame. We have that. What, what's the, what's
3: we that, ha- what do you think? Well, I think it's garbage. I mean, it's it's, it's up on my screen right now because that's what we are going into was the hose job of, uh, you know, on Roger Craig. He uh, is not uh, in the Hall of Fame class of 2023, eliminated from contention. And I know it's close for you because of, of, you know, how much you care about your brother, but this I, – I have no answer. I have no answer. Yeah. 11 years, four Pro Bowls, three championships. Open the door, right? I mean, Marshall Falk's great, but there's no – Right. There's no yeah. – there, there's no run pass option that's a staple in a playbook without what your brother did uh, well, doing a 1,000 well, – each way, right?
6: Bill Walsh was Bill Walsh was a genius. He saw that in Roger, and he he told Roger one time, Roger, we need you to catch a bunch of passes and run the ball. He said, he said basically he told Roger we need a thousand thousand out of you. But he did it in '85. So yeah. I mean it's amazing that you know he, he still has three Super Bowl records.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: I mean it's just crazy. I mean it's, it's who knows? I mean. There's another local guy from the Quad Cities. His name is Ken Anderson. Played for the Bengals.
3: Yeah, I remember number He's on
6: the. On he's one of the twelve semifinalists, and I'm okay with that because he deserves to get in himself. He's been, he's been waiting forever to get in. I hope he gets in. He he played at Augustana College right here in the Quad Cities where we live. So I mean, we, we we root for Ken. I mean, we hope he gets in. Mm-hmm. But it just seems so ridiculous that Roger can't get in the Hall. I don't, I don't know what else he needs to do. But I think he's getting closer. I mean, now that they allow three guys in. There used to only be one or two, but they allow three of the four senior guys in every year now. Starting this year, so.
3: No, I'm 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 with you, and I've been outraged every year this comes up, and it's the the right decisions not been made with with uh, Roger Craig. He's in the Forty Nine er Hall of Fame. He's in the Nebraska Hall of Fame, and this isn't just putting the red colored glasses on. He was a right. gr- he was a great great pro. He was a he is the. The epitome of unselfishness for the Nebraska program, because he moved to fullback, so Rogier could run the ball. Not that Rozier wasn't great either, but yeah, he,
6: he didn't have to do that. He just he, he was a team player. I mean, he did not have to do it. and asked him to do it, and he did it. I mean, he could easily just said, "No, coach, I want to stay at I Yeah. I mean, he did it for the team. I got another thing. I tell you what, I've never seen a Garrett Nelson on television. That's a big dude, man.
3: He has been he's been <laughs> lifting and left in and lifting, man. Oh yeah. <laughs>
6: I saw him when they interviewed those three guys on the you know, our tight end and then the deep at the back. I'm looking at that screen like that's a big white dude, man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Garrett sat down with us and uh let's just say I said no to the arm wrestling challenge. There's there's time. I bet you money Garrett goes back home and all the bulls run from him at the rodeo. I just promise I you that. Yeah,
6: and I didn't realize that dad was a Division One uh, wrestler back yeah, in the day. Yeah, he, he I is. Never that story. We got
3: a few minutes with Garrett on, on Tuesday, and, and he is all about embracing the leadership role. But his, his performance has continued to stack each year, and he had a good season last year. And kid just wants to win so bad. And, and you hope if you're a Nebraska fan – he can um, he can help lead it to, to a postseason, and uh, he's going to have some help off the edge as well. Pre, you know, presumably with with Mathis and, and Caleb Tanner taking a step, and right. you no know, Garrett's heart and soul, and guys right. listen and follow him, and it's, it's what you need. He's a he's a hell of a good player, yeah, just and, all yeah. sorts of effort and talent.
6: And that first game is huge. It's going to set the tone for the whole season. I really believe that. It, mean, it absolutely. Northwest, is. Northwestern will be better than last year. They're not going to have back-to-back bad teams because that's that's just you know Fitzgerald's not going to let that happen. So I that's going to be a big game for us.
3: I got to ask you something. Your brother uh, in that first Super Bowl against the Dolphins. I grew up as a Dolphins fan, and that right. was that was championship number one for for uh, number one for Roger, but it was the second title right. for for okay. Walsh. But uh-huh. I mean, you watched that game. I was younger. But that's how they beat Miami. Your brother scored three touchdowns, yeah. and they just yeah. killed Joe, Miami Joe out of the Brof- backfield.
6: Joe Brophy Joe was a linebacker, and he said after that game, I can't catch him. Because <laughs> they were throwing that ball out of the backfield, yeah. and he just, they just took advantage of it. Basically, it's a long handoff, if you think about it. It's just mm-hmm. a long handoff, because you give it to your best guy out of the backfield, and all you have to do is beat that linebacker, and, it's, and boom, all night long. It was just crazy.
3: You might see uh, some of that with with Whips' offense uh, and and awesome. R- Ramirez Johnson this year. Well, the thanks, back.
6: thanks for listening, brothers. I appreciate it, man. You guys have a great day.
3: There he is, Artez Craig, uh, and uh, safe travels, Artez, over the road trucker, Thank best you, dude. You too, yes, buddy. Sir. Take care. Yep. Uh, that's uh, brother of, of Roger Craig, who's we love him streaming us and listening to us for years. And yeah, what do I think of Roger Craig not getting the Hall of Fame? Hall of Fame. I, I wish I could tell you what I really feel. Uh, Language-wise, but I'll just stick with BS because it's garbage. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. It's not just a Nebraska thing. He was elite at his position the entire decade of the 80s. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Period. It's a guy I always wish I could have seen playing like uh, in his prime. You can go catch the the highlight videos on YouTube and whatnot. But the
3: high knees. I mean, he he handed out concussions.
0: Oh, I've I've heard stories. Uh, I had some uh, some youth football coaches who had the pleasure of being trying the, to tackle him. the practice squad guys of that era, and uh, <laughs> they always talked about his his knees and how uh, if, if you went too low, it was just a knee straight to your jaw.
3: No, and he was he still he was such a a great player. But yeah, I mean. Okay, Bill, I'll catch the football out of the backfield. But there's no there's no price you could put on Sunday when John Madden was doing a 49ers game and the whole world's watching John Madden and doing San Francisco, and it's the Nebraska backfield. And John Madden would go off about, A, how great a program Nebraska is, but B... How great a football players in the backfield with Rathman and Craig. We talked to, to Rathman a couple times a year, and Tom he loves Roger and, and those guys together were so incredible. And Then you factor in Montana, Rice, John Taylor, Jamie Williams, Spider Man. Uh, I mean, it was it was loaded. They were a great great franchise, but Roger Craig, the heartbeat of that, and uh, you want to talk about incredible balance on offense with that West Coast. Right. They would just physically dominate you running, and then they'd hammer you at the speed and agility in the passing game and that uh, that backfield spot where Roger caught it, especially the 85 season, 1,000 rushing, 1,000 receiving. Uh, it's champion that Marshall Falk did it, greatest show on turf, and he was incredible, but Roger was the first and a super physical guy doing it. We'll wrap up our what on Hale Varsity. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Coach Barnett on the way. We'll have uh, thoughts from Scott Frost via Husker Twitter, and we'll hear from Coach Beckton next hour. Uh, Danny Burke will dive into that seven and a half win total number, Big Ten West, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Nebraska all part of it. Shane emails in Chris at com. He's got his three keys to seven wins in order. I think he I think you gotta get eight to put out some fires. Just looking at the schedule, it's a big ask chemistry-wise, but it's never really been about talent down in Nebraska. Nebraska's brought in talent. It's time to develop talent, and some guys have, some guys haven't. You've got a new group that I think can do a really good job of talent development on on that offensive side of the ball. and And that's the that's the name of the game, man. It's developing talent at Nebraska, projecting talent. So Shane says Donovan Raiola's Roy- offensive line. You lost Jurgens to the draft. You lose uh, Nuri this year and uh you just have question marks coming into the year so the offensive line has got to be probably a pleasant surprise elijah fair to say does it i mean all the
0: offensive line has to be in 2022 is an average big 10 offensive line for nebraska to, to to find success they don't have to go out there and be like a top four unit in the Big Ten, but they also you are not asking
3: for pipeline.
0: But but you don't you, you just you just can't be a bottom four or five unit. You need you, you, you need can't
3: to be, be that bad off the edge protection wise.
0: In, in Nebraska, I think if you watched any Big Ten football last year, you can say Nebraska was bottom three offense line mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. Potentially yes. the, the 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 seller. They could have been the worst offense line in the Big Ten, uh, depending on which game you watched. Mm-hmm. So. All Nebraska has to do is, is be one of those teams that's in like the, you know, if you're ranking the offensive lines 1 through 14, somewhere in that, that 6 to 10 range. If they can be in there, that's not going to win you any games on their backs, but it's not going to lose you any games either. And that's all you need from the offensive line. Just be
3: passable. Offensive coordinator point two from Shane. We need a solid offensive game plan for each game. Not the Frost game plan employed. When the Gophers came to Lincoln, giving up six or seven yards per rush and decimated by COVID, and Frost decides to pass the entire game. Give me some pet plays. Give me some plays that they know it's coming and you can't stop it. Uh, Three, special teams, Coach Bill Bush. Shane says, I don't think I need to say anything else. Special teams. Well, again, Elijah's not wrong. The O-line's just got to be average. Uh, so does special teams. Those are two units that if you get competent play, not perfect, but competent play, it's going to make up a whole lot of points. Who do we got on the horn? We've got Chris on the line. Chris, you're going to jump on. We've got about a 30-second window. The floor is yours, buddy.
5: Hey, great. Thanks. Great show. Well, I just wasn't impressed with this performance. It's FOSS performance. It has nothing to do with no opening statement. But it has to do with the secrecy thing, which never works. You know, and it also means that you really don't know what you're doing. You don't have an identity. That drives me nuts. Nebraska still doesn't know what they're, they're doing. I think they're going to be pass happy this year. I don't think the running game is going to do much. And, and also, uh, notice he wouldn't mention Whipple's name. I don't think they're getting along. I don't think they're in sync. He had a couple. He called him the other really smart guy or whatever. Um, and there's a couple opportunities where he could have just mentioned Whipple's name, and and he just didn't seem to want to. He just, you know, it was not a good look for Chris, Frost
3: at Chris, that press conference. Thanks for the phone call on that. Yeah, we hit on that a little bit. Uh Back with you, at Tower two. It's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Gary Barnett with us, Hall of Fame coach at Colorado and Northwestern, to talk some you know, Big Ten football. We're back from Media Days, Coach. Uh, I had to pull the trigger, and I got the the uh, the shrimp appetizer, the cocktail shrimp with that St. Elmo sauce. Coach, I've never had anything so hot in my life. I had tears streaming down my cheeks, and and it just punches you. It's like Mike Tyson winding up and smacking you. I couldn't believe how well, big a wuss I am. I thought I could take some heat.
7: Well, you don't need any more COVID boosters after that. Ever. Dude, you're covered. <laughs> never. Did
3: you ever try <laughs> Nothing that? Nothing can live in there. No. <laughs> you ever try the, the, the cocktail sauce?
7: I haven't tried that. Uh, particular cocktail sauce I'm a fan of cocktail sauce I'm actually a fan of shrimp I eat shrimp any way that you can fix it and I like it best just cold Mm -hmm. and you know cooked and cold and uh, cocktail shrimp sauce right there is my favorite way so but uh, I'm a big shrimp fan
3: Man, there's four of us at a table, and we all just jolt back every time we take a bite of it. But we, uh, we we wore out the lemon, man. We wore out the lemon on there. Pretty interesting uh, setup, uh, Coach uh, Fitzgerald there, Northwestern, uh, Nebraska. One of the topics of conversation is uh, we're a month out from, from Ireland, and I want to get into approach and uh, get your thoughts on Coach Fitzgerald. As Northwestern gets gets ready, they're a bit of an unknown, and and Fitz has had a couple of tough seasons, but he he's had a couple of great seasons too, where they've they've uh, ended up where they started, and that's back in Indy for a, for a Big Ten title game. And when you look at Fitz, and and what do you think he he does best? And and let's specifically talk about the situation going over to Ireland. Uh, I think it'll be better for Nebraska to get Northwestern and Fitz early rather than late. That said, uh, he's not a guy I'd want to open up with because he's, he's just such a good coach.
7: Well, Fitz is a really good coach, and it's, uh, you know, the whole Ireland trip, uh, the key is how your kids handle distractions, how your players handle distractions, and your coaches um because it's just so out of the ordinary, you've gotta be used to uh you've got to have your guys used to just um, the things changing, not being like what you're used to, and I don't care how you how you can do it or uh try to put it together. it won't be close to what you're used to doing, including food, including uh the sleep after travel all that it's 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 uh just you know it's a big shake-up and I think the the team that handles all that best it will be the successful team and it's you know that's a coach's job is to try to recreate that as much as you can before you go so that when you get there you feel comfortable and um you know Fitz is a he's a good game day coach he's he prepares well and um Special teams are always good with fits. But, uh, he, you know, he's just a guy that's been there and done that. He's done about everything. So um, no, there's not going to be a surprise to him. And, he, you know, he will do his best to prepare his players so there aren't any surprises for them as well.
3: Gary Barnett's with the Hale Varsity Radio. We're recapping Big Ten Media Days. Nebraska Northwestern next on the radar. Fall camp underway today for Northwestern. It got underway yesterday for Nebraska. And, Coach, did you ever experience anything similar to Ireland or a, a, a different setup season opener-wise? I mean, how did you... Uh, handle that opportunity I think you guys had some some early season if I remember correct Colorado one of the years played in a, a kickoff or an Anaheim classic type deal
7: well we played in the uh, uh, Anaheim classic and when the year we won the national championship yeah. and tied Tennessee 31 31 but we had five players suspended for that game it was a hundred degrees in Anaheim uh, and We were uh, one of those players that was the enemy. He didn't play, so we moved Mike Pritchard to tailback. And, uh, you know, I, for the life of me, um, I can't figure out why Phil Fulmer didn't go for two on the last touchdown they scored because there's no, we were so tired. There was no way we could stop a three yard run. And they kicked it and tied the game. Um, But, in, in that case, it was a situation where Darian Hagan, the quarterback, was going home. He was They had a million tickets he had to get, that sort of stuff, distractions all over the place for the California kids. And uh, we didn't play our best, plus we had five of our best players out for that game. Um, and then the other one we had was at Northwestern. We played Oklahoma in the kickoff classic. Um But it was in Chicago, and that one was a no-brainer for us. The only thing was playing at Soldier Field was different. But uh, that was a no-brainer and easy for us because it was at home and Oklahoma had to travel. So uh, those are the only two times I've come close to one of those situations.
3: Gary Barnett's with us. Coach, a lot's being made of of Scott Frost and expectations and win total and future and all of that. I mean, that's, that's a talking point. That's a topic. And and Scott led off media days. Nebraska uh, really didn't spend a ton of time in Indianapolis because they had to get back for Fan Day. But as you look at Scott and you look at his his time in Lincoln, this year is going to be so key for him handling the the pressure cooker. And 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 you know you know Lincoln. I mean, it's always a, a pressure cooker. It's always a fishbowl because of the attention on the football program. And I'm wondering with, with some of the new staff hires, are there guys, uh, do head coaches lean on assistance at all uh, that that have been coaching a while? When when it's amped up, it just seems like it could be really stressful this year. And it's always been stressful.
7: Well, the stressful thing, I think, is for, um, and I read a quote by Scott, said we need to come together as a team, and that includes coaches um, you know that they have the personnel, but it, that personnel has to become a team. And the the uh, when you had a staff that's been together for a while, you you can uh, you know hand out those responsibilities. You can you know what everybody can do, and so you don't you know that you can sleep better because you've given a coordinator who's been with you a long time, these responsibilities, you can delegate those. The tough part is delegating them now because it's the best way to run an operation, delegating them now um, to guys that you don't really have a history with. Mm. And it's a bit of a crapshoot for you. And I, I think that's the difficult thing. Um, as a As a coach and as a team and as assistant coaches, you gotta train yourself not to listen to all the noise. You can't let that pressure get to you, uh, and you you fight it. And you don't wanna you don't wanna take it on in your you know the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you look, or the way you carry yourself. You know you you want to be pressure free as much as you can make yourself. And most of that is not listening to the noise and being, um, you know, free enough to be yourself and and be yourself all the time, not just some of the time. Mm-hmm. That's the tough spot that that they're in right now in Nebraska.
3: How did you cope, deal, manage with the, the the pressures of the job? I mean, you you worked hard to to get to a certain position, and and that's awesome. And and you're calling the shots, and you're you're having success. But there's also your own expectations, but also you were in uh, i mean the chicago market and and then also Colorado and uh bringing them back to to what you guys started. How did you cope with the noise out there
7: well the the most noise I had was uh, in in two
3: thousand
7: mm-hmm. and four um, and we had a bunch of noise and so i I just remember daily almost meeting with our coaches and saying you know what this is the greatest opportunity you have to lead this this you're you're under more of a microscope now we are under more of a microscope than we've ever been everybody is watching everybody's making noise and you want to prove yourself as a leader this is when you do it and that's the way I looked at it I, I took it as my greatest challenge and I it was one of those things where I couldn't wait to get up and show our players how they're supposed to live their life during all this pressure, and our uh, other coaches. And that's the way to look. At it. That's the way I took it. And um, uh, you, you know, I, that was a very successful year for us in a lot of ways. And uh, for me, I think that was my best job of coaching was probably 2004.
3: Gary Barnett with us, Hale our City Radio, Coach. Uh, want to switch gears for a moment and. Some more team names have come out with potential expansion. Oregon, Washington, Cal, Stanford from the Pac-12. Uh, I know you're still locked into the Pac-12. Uh, Kevin, Commissioner Warren saying they're not saying no to expansion, but I think it's a timing thing. And what are those four duty I ask you about every other week? Because <laughs> there's new reports that come out. And, uh, What's uh, what's your reaction to those four? Do they they sound like they'd fit the Big Ten, uh, and uh, and maybe that addition in those markets, Silicon Valley, Coach?
7: Well, I don't. You know, it's so hard to identify markets anymore because of streaming. That's true. And and so those aren't quite what they were ten years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say this about about expansion whoever gets expanded, whatever teams are part of this, uh, the additional expansion is going to have to bring value. Mm -hmm. And I mean, major value. Um, You've already got enough teams who don't bring value that you're going to have to figure out what to do with, you know, you know, we're not going to talk about who that is, but it could be, (laughs) it could be four or five teams, could be four or five teams in each one of the two big divisions, two big conferences. But really it makes no sense unless there's value and value I think is wins and losses. Uh, it's, it, it does have to do with TV attraction. Uh, it has to do with, uh, you know, revenues uh, and how much of that you can provide to this conference. So the logical, the, the one that everybody's waiting to fall is was of course Notre Dame, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can look at Oregon say Oregon certainly falls into that category. You've already taken two teams from, from out there anyway. Maybe Oregon fits it too. Um, and, and then the others are the, the ones in the ACC that, that are of note. And, of course, Clemson, I think, is the second biggest draw of all the teams that, that might expand, I think, much bigger than even Oregon. Oregon – is in the mix I'd say a top five but they're certainly not one or two uh, Florida State only because of history not because of value right now Miami only because of history not value uh, North Carolina maybe uh, maybe so but maybe not uh, I, I don't know the Virginia Techs the world no I don't see that Washington only because of history not because of current value so I think you can narrow it down, and there's only a couple that really bring any value right now. So, who gets them, and do you make a move? But whoever comes in is going to have to bring value, because you've already got guys, you already have teams in your conference that don't bring value.
3: Well, and what do you think Clemson wants?
7: Clemson, in my opinion, wants in the SEC uh, more than anything. Mm -hmm.
3: So. Okay. Safe landing spot, big old payday. And uh they've it's kind of a double edged sword. They've carried the flag for, for the conference and they've been incredible, but then you're stepping up uh your your opponents. Uh you go to the SEC uh every every week, um compared to yeah. the, the ACC. Coach, uh you had Ryan Day yesterday talk about going eleven and two and uh and a Rose Bowl win, but that's not a successful season at Ohio State I, I really like uh, how he's approaching it do you think the addition of Jim Knowles will will toughen up that Buckeye defense and and what do you like about Knowles give me a, a thought if you can on on what he'll do with that Ohio State talent defensively
7: you know I don't Chris I don't really know if I know Knowles well enough gotcha. to be able to to add that to the conversation. Um, you, you know, all that's hope right now, <laughs> you know, and, and it, it, coaches may or may not make that much difference in a situation like that. It really comes down to your players and how well they're listening and buying into what you're selling. It, You know, the coach plays a role certainly, but, but they're, they're less than 50% of that in my opinion. And so it just comes down to they're going to have players. You know, they're going to have players. The players got to buy in. And, uh, you know, schemes are schemes. All schemes work. It just depends on how much you believe in them. And um, uh, so I think we're just going to have to wait and see on that one.
3: Hail Varsity Radio, Thursday with you. Always invite you to check out the podcast and do so real easy to find Hail Varsity, Spotify, iTunes. Google Play is where you get that. A few more minutes here with Coach Barnett on the other side. And uh, give us a rating, Good, Bad, Ugly, on the Hale Varsity Radio podcast. Love your feedback, for sure. And uh, follow Hale Varsity Radio now on Twitter. You're invited to do that. More with the coach, Gary Barnett, Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Whoa!
2: And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio.
3: Back with you to Hale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes here. Gary Barnett, coach. Thoughts on Bubba Watson off to the live tour?
7: You got me on that one. Um, oh, I I, I I, don't think that's a big surprise. Sure. Other than maybe the philosophy of the you know the whole makeup i'm a little surprised at that but where he is in his career and what he where he's going you know i think there's a pattern of all those guys that are going over there mm-hmm. and uh they're all uh i don't want to say over the hill but but they're on the back side of their
3: they're the, um, they're the, the back nine <laughs> they're yeah
7: on they're on the back, on back nine line. there's maybe okay. maybe just hold 10 or eleven but they're there
3: so well where are you, are you uh swinging the clubs today or no
7: well, we we got rain last night for a long time, and got a little rain today. But I'm going to try, so we'll see what happens. I've got my grandson coming over to caddy for me. Nice. I'm uh, trying to make him into a caddy so he can earn some money to buy a new computer. So you, that, we're going to try to make that
3: work. Do you tip him?
7: Uh, well, no, I you know I, I hold him. I got he's got to learn first. So <laughs> um,
3: that's so good. <laughs> Yeah,
7: you know, so I'm. Just, I'm a coach. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I, this is not an NIL project, ah. buddy. You gotta have to earn it.
3: <laughs> Gary Barnett, with us, coach. You have a good, uh, great weekend. Thanks for the time. All right, Chris. Great being with you. Anti NIL when it comes to the grandson making some money caddying for for Grandpa Gary. That's too good. That is absolutely too good. I envas- envision uh, coach. Barnett, he'll hit one bad shot per nine, and probably get get loose and and I don't know how old the grandson is. I I hope he's not for hauling those clubs up and down the course, but he he may be. Good stuff from Coach Barnett. We'll get that posted on ESPN Lincoln's uh, on demand section, and then of course Hale Varsity and Hale Varsity Radio will post the on demand portion of that on soundcloud lot to get to as camp is underway excited coach chenander and some players tomorrow as uh, camp is ongoing got going wednesday northwestern open camp today we will also have uh,
0: in addition to chenander and some players tomorrow we also have uh, frost on the network tonight so we'll yes. have some thoughts for that tomorrow as well
3: so absolutely we will well, a little bit from scott frost right now uh, via husker twitter about how the first two days went, he got up with Greg Sharp.
6: It's awesome. It's, a, it's just a great group of guys to be around. So I think everybody's uh, working really hard but having a lot of fun being together. Yeah. does a great job to get them in shape for camp, not in shape for the game. Uh, so we want to build as much strength and uh, power as we can in the offseason but get them ready for camp. We still have some conditioning to do, but uh, I'm really impressed with the effort.
3: Well, that's a win Uh, with the effort. It's so far so good.
5: We're
3: good. That's fine. We're um, wondering what the quarterback situation will be like as that race continues to heat up.
0: Yeah, the the quarterback race is is something I think is going to be a uh, – uh, almost a back burner topic early in camp, but then I think the later and later we get into camp, I think the you got to name your starter where it's you have to name your starter. And I think, um, I, based on what we've been hearing this summer, I really do think Chubba Purdy is going to make a good run at it. And I think that might be a, a storyline that heats up as camp continues and, and uh, we get close to Northwestern. And there starts being the question marks. I still think Casey's your starter, but I said it a couple days ago whenever Will was doing this show with me Monday. Uh yeah, I do think that Chuba Purdy makes a good run in it this this fall, doesn't get the job, but I do have him as starting at least one game in twenty twenty two for Nebraska. Maybe because of injury, uh more likely because of injury or of, of some sort, but I do think we get at least one start from Chubba.
3: Here's the interesting dynamic, and you're gonna go with experience. And and everyone's at the same same starting point at the quarterback spot just because it's it's a new coordinator. It's a new program for, for both the quarterbacks. Well, I mean, not for Smothers, obviously, but with with Chubba Priddy and Casey Thompson, those guys are, are right there. And if you're Whipple, I mean, you're going to go with a guy that's got nine starts under his belt or 10 starts in 12 games for for Texas last year. Why didn't he win the Texas job? That's a year ago. He came in because who they pegged to take over the reins for Bevo didn't and wouldn't get it done. And Thompson came in and did really good work. And think about his turnover numbers. I think he had a total of 12 interceptions, 12 or 13, but it was a two to one ratio touchdown pass to interception. Nebraska, the last several years have been living maybe a 1.5 to one touchdown to interception ratio. I don't know the the total. I didn't look up. I don't know that the Casey Thompson fumbles. But total turnovers, you're well below what you've been averaging based on the one-year look, 10 games. So you'll uh, you'll take that. and More, no, more yeah, from, more from Frost, Frost on the quarterback. Cool. yeah.
6: Some good things. Um, I guess we're a long way from being done, but I, I like what I see. Everybody's healthy. Uh, learning, making a few mistakes here and there that we can clean up, but it, uh, the effort's good and we'll make some plays.
3: That was Scott Frost uh, at camp today and he caught up on Husker Twitter. Greg Sharp was hosting that and we uh, turn our attention out to Sean Becton as he touched on the tight ends and uh, what that room's like and Brewington was the topic. He's a guy that's uh, played some football for you. And does really well, very physical for his size
7: very intelligent Chancellor Brewington I saw that from day one, even as a receiver, you know how he picked up on things and then you know we had a couple of injuries there when, and he came over within that first week he was able to line up and do some of the things at the point of attack uh, that was my first indication that he'll be able to to, to do it. And he's definitely, you know, committed himself. You know, he's he's up over 225 pounds now. Has really had a great off season. You know, after his injury coming through um, this spring, missed most of the spring, but he's back at it and, and really, really working hard out there thus far this summer. So I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to to our offensive scheme in a bigger role.
3: You need a couple, and we touched on that earlier. College football playoff. The 16-team model continues to grow, get some momentum, and it sounds like folks are on the same page. Key players finally appear willing to make concessions in hopes of arriving at a mutually agreed format. Let me ask you this as a Nebraska fan. Is there ever going to be a day that it matters to you that Nebraska finished runner-up in the division versus winning the division. And I ask that because the way things continue to trend is you're going to have a 16-team playoff. Think about what the NFL's at. They just added one. It was at six, 12 total. Now you're at 14, seven for the NFC, uh, seven for the AFC. Well, you're at 16 right now for the college football playoff that's presumed to be the number here for 2025. And your job just like the NFL is to get into the playoffs. Sure, you want a division championship, you want home field. I don't know if they'll grant that versus a buy. I don't think they're going to turn to on-site versus bowl location. Because you can incorporate the different bowls for opening round playoff games. So, is it okay? Will you shift to eventually just be good with 10-2, and 9-3 and runner-up in the Big Ten title game? Or you finished second, but man, your strength of schedule was great in the West. Say so you didn't play for the Big Ten title game. But there's been years where whoever didn't win the East in the Big Ten their Their consolation was the Rose Bowl, but they were still a top five team, and you, you, they were just on the cusp of that four team playoff. They were probably in at six or in at eight. Well, I mean,
0: you could make the argument for Ohio State last season.
3: Well, big time, right? I mean, they were a good enough ball club to be in the college football playoff. probably a, a lower seeded team, but still at 11 and two, they'd have been in. You got to figure your top two in the East and West, or your top four. Your top four to six in the SEC. I think you can make a strong argument for your top four in the Big Ten.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: There's 10. Then you look at what Notre Dame did. You look at Clemson. You look at George. I mean, the, the, the real question here is this in the arms race for representation. Are you going to be able to, strength to schedule-wise, make an argument and and make that argument stick perception-wise? That the Big Ten, as deep as the middle is, when push comes to shove, their their top, Ohio State, typically hasn't fared well against the best of the SEC in bowl games or in the championship game. Two years ago is... Ohio State that got rocked by Alabama Ohio State was great that year they beat a really good Clemson team that had just beaten Alabama but you've got this merry-go-round it's still going to be see- the same f- four to five programs but at least you'll have a little variety of more entrance to the playoffs.
0: Well I would say if you uh, expand to 16 it will take away that that exclusive club among those probably top six schools that we're talking about right now that are in there, every but year has or won every two year. titles
3: without being SEC champs. Well, and this, but I,
0: that's what I'm saying. Where if, if you open it up to more of these teams, I think more of these 12 seed teams, if there is 16 teams that could make a run to it and maybe not win it all, but make it to the final four, make it to the championship game, and just doing that alone. Well, I mean, the, the recruits right now that those top six schools are getting are ridiculous because they know I want to play in a college football p- playoff. I want to go compete for a title. I, I want to make a ton of money. And I know there's only about six schools in this country that will give me that opportunity that, to do that while I'm in college. Assuming I go win a starting job, there's about six schools where I can go to. I will. I know in a four year career, get a chance at at least one college football playoff, if not multiple. So if you open up to 16, some of these kids maybe are going, well, the, the fit at Alabama or, or Georgia isn't quite right for me, but I know that if I go to Nebraska, for example, and finish second in the West, that's going to be good enough to get me into a college football playoff. I'd rather go to a, to Nebraska. The fit's better. But I feel like that aspect of the exclusivity, uh, I messed up the word completely, but the uh, exclusiveness, better way to put it, of the college football playoff kind of shut some of that door.
3: Here's the thing. As a Nebraska fan, I think you'll you'll be all right with, well, we're not West Division champs, but we were good enough to get playoff consideration and recognition beyond the four. And you'll you'll trade a West Division title or runner-up in the Big Ten, and I know we're talking about coming off three and nine, but the, the regular season accolades will fade, and the goal will be the postseason. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel,
5: managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail
0: varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr
2: and now and now back to hail varsity radio
3: Back in, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Had a chance to briefly stop down in uh, O'Hare, where uh, Danny Burke, the pride of Chicago, has a few pictures up uh, on the main can- concourse of uh, VEASAN Sports Network. Uh, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter It's where you find him. Pride of Chicago, I waved at you before we took off to Indy. And uh, whirlwind, we are back. Media days uh, are Done and over, and uh, camp is underway for the Big Red. How are you?
1: I'm doing good, yeah. You know, it's, it's a shame you didn't get to wander around a little bit, maybe pick yourself up a dog or be from Portillo's. But uh, <laughs> by the looks of your face, it just seemed like you're doing all right with the food provided.
3: Yeah, the uh, Harry and Izzy's, uh, which is a shared kitchen uh, next to uh, St. Elmo's in downtown Indy, was it lived up to the hype man it was good it you know you hear about gibson's in chicago right mm-hmm. and then, yeah. and then you hear about st elmo's uh, and so that was i'm sure it was all nebraska steak in both spots but it was <laughs> uh, it was outstanding it it was it was fantastic you have been beating up uh the big 10 west my friend uh, it's i think 29 days till kickoff for nebraska northwestern but you've got the old microscope out for some Big Ten West wind totals. We'll get to Nebraska in a minute. But one of those intriguing teams is Minnesota. Wisconsin's the favorite, at least per Cleveland.com. And we'll get to Nebraska. But uh talking with some of the Minnesota kids, they are uh they are short on not necessarily uh guys that are in the program, on the offensive and defensive line from a reload standpoint, but they are guys that are going to be going from spot duty to uh, now it's your show. You're, you're a starter on the line of scrimmage. That's always tricky to kind of project with how successful will be because Minnesota's been so good on both lines uh, because they, they, they build, they develop, and then they do it all over again. Yeah,
1: I mean, look, P.J. Fleck certainly has his culture instilled there, and there, of course, were some rumblings this past summer about how things were actually conducted, but the guys who buy in seem to do pretty well. At least you get some of these top-tier guys on both sides of the ball that can make an impact on any given game. That's kind of what Minnesota's been these past couple of seasons. I mean, Ibrahim was injured last year, so that was a huge blow, and you know, they dealt with injuries to their wide receivers, and they still ended up with a solid record last year. And now, you know, you look at this offense with Ibrahim getting back in the mix, the veteran quarterback still going to be under helm. And I think Minnesota, I'm not saying I'm betting them first base, Schmitty, but, you know, if you're looking for a value play out of the Big Ten West because the short shots are Wisconsin and Nebraska, and out where I am you can get Minnesota at about 4-1. to one. I don't think it's the craziest angles to look at because of what their defense was able to accomplish last year. And then, again, just what kind of guys are returning to that offense. Now, they do have some tricky spots in their schedule, and I think one of the teams that is like a big question mark to me and really is a determining factor of how a lot of teams' win totals are going to go is Michigan State. Now, Minnesota's got Michigan State on the road, so I kind of see that as a toss of game for the Gophers. Uh, you're on the road against Penn State, which, of course, is going to be tough. I think the game against Nebraska is probably a fifty-fifty 50 at that point of the year with a slight nod to the Cornhuskers. And then you get Iowa at home, you should probably be able to take care of business. In Wisconsin, I'm not that high on, but, you know, that being that rivalry type of game, that's a 60-50 in itself. But, Look, at the end of the day, if you get a win total of seven and a half and not a terrible price to the over, I would probably lean over with the Gophers.
0: Well, Danny, what's interesting here is those those three teams that seem to be behind Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, and Nebraska, they all have win total set at seven and a half this season. And I don't think all three of them can hit the over. Two possibly can. Well, right. Who do you like? Of those three, could you pick one or two that you think will hit that, that seven and a half wins total?
1: Yeah, look, I'm not trying to drink the Kool-Aid here, boys, but I've been, <laughs> I've been debating going back and forth with Nebraska. I'm like, do I really want to get involved? I think I just got to be, you know, stressed out from a fan standpoint, not a betting and fan standpoint. But honestly, I keep looking over this schedule. I just keep looking at this roster and the improvements they made. And, and guys, I just – I really can see this team getting to eight wins, and it may seem crazy for me to say this, but, you know, I almost think they have a better chance of ending up with nine wins than they do seven, and I guarantee a majority of people do not agree with that, especially based on what you've seen out of this program, but you guys know even better than I do, and a lot of people, I mean... They made the necessary moves this past offseason, not only with the coaching staff, but on both sides of the ball, in the quarterback position, on the defensive side, throughout the transfer portal. And we know that Scott Frost has to have success this year. And I think also, I mean, if you look at Nebraska schedule, guys, uh, you know, like Iowa is completely a 50-50 game every year, no matter how good either team is. Uh, again, I just told you, Minnesota, I give the slight nod to Nebraska. You get Wisconsin at home. Once again, I'm not high in the Badgers. And Oklahoma really is going to be that litmus test, right? What is that, week four? And they played them close last year. Now Oklahoma has a complete turnover with their organization. And why can't Nebraska win that game at home? I I don't know why they wouldn't be able to. And if they can, the national media is going to be having a way different conversation, even though they just ended up playing you know, three relatively easy games and beat up a different-looking Sooners team. But I still think the national recognition is that Nebraska is not ready. They're not there. They're always overhyped. But they can beat a team like Oklahoma. They can beat Wisconsin and in Minnesota this year. You're probably not going to beat Michigan on the road, let's be honest. But there's a lot of winnable games, and the path is set up for this team. So give me over 7.5. I bet it at the price of minus
3: 105. I think you can look real hard despite the uh, missteps and say there's eight on the Nebraska schedule. Daddy Burke with his Vision Sports Network. Wisconsin, is is it all about quarterback and uh, what they've got to do on the the defensive side of the ball is that your question mark with them because I think they got the best running back between uh, Allen and and Ibrahim and of course Ohio State Trevion Henderson. There's your three, but I mean we're, we're still talking about Wisconsin and their running game.
1: No, you're absolutely right. I mean they'll probably next Ibrahim. I mean they'll be like one A one B with the running game as they typically are with Wisconsin and a team much like Iowa that is always dominated in the trenches. But, I mean, you saw Wisconsin struggle last year, and as good as a running game can be, as long as they in that matchup against Nebraska, we're just banking on hypotheticals here that Casey Thompson's got a good enough rhythm to move the ball and get you enough points to win that game. Well, then what is it going to come down to? It's going to come down to at least limiting Wisconsin's run game and forcing Graham i mean this guy has not proven anything he had one great game against illinois and everybody was incredibly high on him myself included and he has never lived up to the hype ever since then so why are things going to change now so it's more just the fade of the quarterback position and just realizing some of the other teams throughout the big 10 are going to be getting better in wisconsin wisconsin's got a pretty difficult schedule themselves and you know a lot of win totals I was looking around, we saw eight and a half, and then I'm looking even deeper, and some books are giving me nine, and I'm chuckling here. Not really chuckling, but I guess I'm just like, man, this seems too good to be true. So I bet under nine wins for Wisconsin at minus 115. That's probably going to end up being my biggest bet for the college football season and one of my first two. I mean, look, you got to go on the road against Ohio State. you got to go on the road against Michigan State, who you know is going to be tough. Uh, You're on the road against Iowa. You're on the road against Nebraska. And then, like we said, that Minnesota-Wisconsin game is going to be a 50-50. I think the absolute best-case scenario for Wisconsin is to end up with nine wins. So, in my mind, in worst-case scenario, that's going to be a push. Realistically, they probably end up at 7 and 8. They don't have good enough quarterback plays to get them into double-digit win
3: territory. Danny Burke, VEASAN Sports Network, uh, at Daddy Burke 5 on Twitter, The Daddy Burke Show. Weeknights on VEASAN, the Danny Burke Podcast. Brightest of Chicago, will uh, beat up some Big, Big Ten East next week. How's that sound? and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR.
2: Miss us?
0: Come here, brother. Hey, man. Huh? Bring me in for the reef. Real-
2: we're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner! Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
3: One final time, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Reminder: Monday road show. We are at the Hail Varsity Club, four to six, just in La Vista, not far from Embassy Suites. Come out see us. Four to six, we kick off uh, being up in Omaha. Excited about that. Uh, Vic chimes in. Vic in Denver. Vic, the uh, whiskey and bourbon connoisseur. We were talking about the 16-team playoff, and if you're a Nebraska fan, will you ever get to the point where, all right, uh, if you don't get a division title or a conference title, you're okay with it because the bigger picture is just getting to the playoff, uh, NFL mode and uh, home field in the NFL's killer and key but not always necessary Vics like look Nebraska needs to just get back to being a top 25 team year in year out period that's the standard after we get to to that standard then strive for making the playoff uh if there are 16 teams then the goal should be big B Big 10 champs but uh what I talked about is a 10-plus-year plan that requires some program stability. First things first, get up and get into the top 25. Start by doing so this year. Good take, Vic. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're fast-forwarding, and there's a lot of assumptions because clearly you can't take for granted a winning season. You can't take for granted uh, being in it in November. It's not happened for a lot of years. To Nebraska, it just hasn't. So it's easy to gloss over, and that wasn't my intent. I'm just saying, big picture. Two years from now, this thing's supposed to two to three years. This thing's supposed to pop. You're going to have USC. You're going to have UCLA. You might have more. You're going to have more seats at the table, presumably, because of of good brands and good football teams. And it'll be a grab bag from your usual suspects of the SEC. Your, and and more options than just an Ohio State, from the Big Ten.
0: But also think about how much one say nine and three season would do to help this program where it's at right now. Oh. In, in terms of the national image of this program, in terms of the people within the program, just the confidence that would be added by getting one nine and three season. Uh, I think that's kind of what Scott Frost means whenever he's said over the past couple of years when this thing pops, it's going to pop in a big way. Uh, I think that's what he's referring to, just in that if you can get over that that hump get to a, a 9 and 3 season nebraska's got the resources nebraska's got the national notoriety that once the, the nebraska dispels this notion of nebraska's never going to be back nebraska's no better than a 4 and 8 team you can't have good football in nebraska once nebraska gets past that notion uh it's really not unreasonable to think that nebraska could I mean, immediately after that, become a year-in, year-out top 25 program, assuming they can keep things up just because of what it would do for the, the image of Nebraska to get one good season.
3: No. Uh, one good year, then you stack a good year with another good year, and you get back to your winning ways. It's not always a given. You're going to have a down year. But the down years used to be what Ohio State and Ryan Day were talking about, an 11-2 and two and a Rose Bowl berth. Uh, that's a bad season in Columbus. Most of us remember 96. God forbid Nebraska, they went 11-2. and They didn't win a conference title. Uh, It was a little rough. Uh, Back at you tomorrow, Coach Rick Kaczynski with us. The pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman returns. Talk to you at four on Hale Varsity.
4: A Huda Media Production.